0: This episode is brought to you by The One Summit, two days that would change your life forever. For tickets, go to TheOneSummit.com. Thewellnesscoach.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to 100 Not Out, featuring your hosts, Dr. Damien Kristoff and Marcus Pierce.
1: to another edition of 100 Out, a weekly show dedicated to helping you master the art of aging well. My name is Marcus Pierce and I am looking at the co-founder of The Wellness Couch and The Wellness Guys. He's as dapper as always. He's <laughs> Dr. Damien crystal Hi, Damien. Marcus Pierce,
2: the traveling Willberry. You come all the way <laughs> up from Byron Bay to Brisbane, to Brisbegas, and we are hanging out. We're at the Pullman, aren't we? Level 14. We are.
1: And Isn't it just a oh. beautiful view we have, Damien, looking out over your shoulder there? We've got blue skies, clouds, and then we've got a whole bunch of... High-rise buildings and uh, not much else you must say in Brisbane, Vegas but enjoying your company nonetheless. <laughs> it's good to be
2: here. It's good to be talking all things
1: health. Obviously, I'm up here with uh,
2: with Metagenics at the moment and Forage. You know, talking. I've about sampled about some of the things. wonderful Forage this
1: morning on entry to meet you. I get to have a bit of the product. It's, See, there's benefits to travel. i I'm watching out too. You know, isn't it? I've got a double travel. dip of the Forage sample this morning. It's good, hey. Eh? But um, there's been a lot going on in the wellness world lately, Domo. And we thought, you know, we had a wonderful podcast with Joe Witten last week from Quirky Cooking, and that good machine. Oh, she was fantastic. If you haven't got a Quirky Cooking book, you haven't got a thermomix. Uh Well, thermo or no thermo, I'd still be getting that book. But yeah, um, yeah true. I think you know we were going to devote this episode to almost like the the what some people would call quirky healthcare. Other people would call it. <laughs> Quacky. Uh, Quacky healthcare. Quack, quack. Quack, quack. Other people will just call it plain old quackery. But I thought, you know, you're a chiropractor, you're a naturopath, I'm married to a chiropractor. Ultimate quackery. Ultimate. (laughs) Amazing, isn't it? But we look at the longest lived people around the world and what fascinates me is that they're so untraditional. What I like to call, when I do talks, I say they're Exceptional. Yes. Like they are the exceptions to the rule. Yep. But then when it comes to healthcare, there's a real um, shift because if we're exceptional to mainstream healthcare, yes. we're looked at funny. And I'm talking about as a consumer. Yeah.
2: Right? And like you can, if you're not dying, or you're not sick, well, or you're not Well, if, aging you're, that well
1: way. if you're doing something. No, I'm probably more thinking if you're the consumer and you're doing something which is outside the traditional. Health model, yeah. You are looked at funny. You are. You are spoken about funny. So you get grief from your friends. You might get grief from your family. You might get grief from your uh, health professionals. We
2: but, we used to get grief because we wouldn't give Jackson Panadol or Nurofen. Yeah. You know. And now we know how dangerous they are. And yep. if you bring your children up in a drug culture, that can be challenging, right? So we didn't want to do that. But we got looked at as the weird ones for not giving our children drugs. Yeah. Weird. Hey? Well, there's
1: people that that how get those looks if yeah they don't have it in the house. Yeah, um, yeah which we take. Yeah, and so the, there's a lot of challenges out there now in terms of, okay, so if you're listening to this podcast and you do want to make uh, part in the blend of corn and cheese here, the rest of your life, the best of your <laughs> life, right? I love it. You are going to have to be the exception to the rule. Yes. But how exceptional do you really want to play? Because to play... And I'm not saying for a minute that you have to um, disengage from the uh, traditional health model. I think what Damien and I would both say is that you need to embrace all health models that we have available today. Yeah. Someone was saying the other day, you know, the, uh, and I am, a, I am a wonderful advocate for, um, uh, what is it, orthopedic. Is it orthopedics? What are you doing? I'm moving my shoulder around. It's my busted shoulder that doesn't move around very much. That's orthopedics, isn't it? Or well, physiotherapy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But Orthopedic in terms surgeons? Of, yeah, just the, the, the drills and the hammers and oh, I rip yeah. my shoulder apart and yeah. put it all back together. Well, they rebuilt you. Know, yeah. And painkillers and anesthetics and all, that's all, of appropriate. The,
2: all of the stuff. So this is not a... Well, that's this called isn't... injury care, isn't it? Like crisis care. Yeah. And so you've got injury care slash crisis care, so when you get stuck and you get into trouble... Um, you go. You break an arm or you break a shoulder or you you know, tear your knee to pieces. You need somebody to go and fix it up, right? So that's injury. You don't care. go to the
1: chiropractor. You don't go to the naturopath. No, I wouldn't.
2: No. <laughs> I wouldn't. I mean, I will to make Light sure my body is working in its optimal state, nervous system working right because then I'll heal better because everything's you know in alignment, nervous system functioning, etc., etc. You need all of that in order to make sure that your body's going to heal right. But... If I bust my neck or bust my knee or bust my shoulder or do something like that, I'm going straight to the hospital. That's it. You know, that's where I want to get fixed. But what's happening is that that, um, that type of care, crisis care, which is such an incredible model, is being confused with um, disease care. And so they all get put into the same place. Yeah. So people who are going for crisis and events, an emergency, they get plonked into this hospital system where there's a heap of sick people that have been, you know letting themselves go or they've got a disease or something's happened and now they're having to follow sickness care, not health care. And so they're in this sickness care or sick care model where they're given drugs or having surgeries to try and remove bits and pieces that are diseased or whatever else. And then that's getting confused with health care because health care is totally separate. That health care is outside of the drug paradigm and the surgery paradigm because, and I was listening to Jamie Richards the other day talk about this with, um, with Crayshaw on...
1: Life by, Life by design
2: worldwide, and uh, and then also obviously Reggie Gold talks about this as well, and he talks about you know if you've if you've got a your house is burning down, who do you want to come to your house when your house is burning down? They talked about getting the fire brigade there, right? Because they've got two tools, they've got axes yeah. and hoses. Right? so they're going to break down the doors and they're going to put the fire out and everything's going to be under control and that's all good, the fire's out but the next day when you've got to rebuild your house, do you want the fire brigade to turn up again? No way. You kind of don't so you want your builders and the people that are going to come You want run, your you
1: electricians, know, what they call it? The restoration experts. This is
2: it. You want, you want the to like
1: restoration experts.
2: Fix it up and then make it safe so it doesn't yeah. burn down again, right? Yeah. So, you know, you're looking at people that are in the healthcare system versus the disease care, crisis yeah. care. Disease care, crisis care, fireman, healthcare, it's your naturopath, your chiropractor, your osteo. It's the people that are working And other things like personal right. trainer. Personal trainer. Just
1: healthy diet. Health,
2: nutritionist. You know. Yeah.
1: Um, so then I suppose the question is, Domo, why is it that so many people are seeing, either are creating these spot fires in their lives yes. where they think they need to get the, uh, the fire department in? Because I look at the people that are doing life really well and what I notice is when they get a headache... They don't take a, they don't take pain relief. That's it. You know, uh, when they can't sleep, they don't take sleeping tablets. That's it. When they have challenge, they don't just blanket it with a pill. They actually deal with it, face it, find it as an opportunity to learn yeah. or grow from. I understand. Um, whereas, and then I, I suppose as a parent, I'm like, well, it's not just so much about us aging gracefully. It's about teaching our kids how to age gracefully as well, and a lot of that comes into teaching them how to actually um, regard their bodies and make choices. Like even just thinking of, of Maya at the moment, before I left to come up here this morning, I just reminded her. I said, "Maya, it's your body. Even though she's four, I it's your body. You've got to make you've got to make the choices." She was just she'd been going through a phase of not wanting to drink much water, mm-hmm. and she knows like she knows so well, that would feel so well ingrained. How that, much does that upset you? Yeah, well it. it I'm I'm actually alright with it. It's more she's at the moment because I know she'll come out of it. But she's at at the sorry if this is going a bit too close for the listeners but <laughs> when she's going to the toilet it's oh. not the funnest process for her. Yeah. But it's just because she's dehydrating her body. Yeah. And so I'm just teaching. I'm saying these are the consequences of your decisions, and there are know?
2: consequences of your decisions. And
1: she's four, so my I, I truly believe that she can understand that. She yeah. gets that. Yeah. Uh, she's upset with the consequences at the moment. Yeah. Doesn't like
2: them. She'd like to change them, would she? And some people do change the consequences by altering the, you know, the internal environment, putting laxatives in, or you know, having other things, diuretics to try and get rid of yeah. fluid, rather than actually fixing the core problem, which is dehydration. Yeah. Um, or not enough fiber or not enough probiotic, they're throwing in their staff to alter the environment as opposed to just going back and just addressing the requirement for healthy living, which is drinking water.
1: Well, that's when I think of the whole food as medicine, medicine as food, and I'm I'm sure this comes up a lot as a naturopath and a chiro, but um, it still astounds me to this day how much improvement in people's health uh, how much improvement people get from improving their diet. Yeah. But it also astounds me how much people are resistant to improve their diet. Yeah. I think of particularly, particularly gluten and sugar. Amazing, isn't it? People are so oh. attached. So attached. They wouldn't call it addicted, but I'm going to say they're addicted. They're addicted. But they're so emotionally attached yep. to gluten and sugar. Yeah. Um, and... If if they could only experience for themselves how much how much their body's going to love them yeah. by just taking themselves off those two addictions, yeah. because I look at the stats and these are just stats. I share these whenever I talk. I say, look. Three million people have arthritis. Nearly four million have high blood pressure. One in two Aussies are going to have uh, diagnosed with cancer before they're eighty-five. Uh, one in two Aussies die from heart disease. Six million adults with high cholesterol. Jeebus. A million Aussies with uh, depressive illness. Almost two million with diabetes and one and a half with pre-diabetes. And by the year twenty fifty, a uh, hundred thousand uh, is a hundred thousand with um sorry, a million people with dementia.
2: You know what's striking yeah. me about what's scary about that is that there's ignorance to other therapies out there that can be beneficial or lifestyle interventions that can be hugely beneficial and that there's arrogance, so to speak, with regard to whether or not these things can actually assist and whether they can actually help. And there's conversations around as to what causes dementia, what causes arthritis, what are the things, you know, essentially, if if we spoke to our great, great grandparents and we... When there was no dementia... There was no dementia, there was no cancer, diabetes was, what are you talking about, who's got, what, what yeah, is that? What is that? Doesn't even make any sense. <laughs> are you swearing? How can you have too much sugar <laughs> in your body? Uh, yeah. And, you know, all these diseases didn't exist, and they exist these days, but they're being managed as part of disease care, not health care. And yeah. so healthcare, as I said before, is separate. So the people that are out there doing things in the healthcare realm are often seen to be kooky, wacky, and crazy.
1: Yeah, and you know what I've just noticed, as you've said that? No. Because we go to a hospital and there's like a whole ward yeah. dedicated to a uh, almost like a disease, Yeah, we almost think it's normal.
2: Yeah, right. that's
1: right. But because you go to a car or a naturopath or a gym or whatever, and it's just one small building, yeah. it's almost so much minor in scale yeah. that we almost, uh, you know, as a... Culture, let's say, people treat it as a much more minor. They almost see it as an alternative, rather than being, you know, a foundational principle. Yeah. Whereas people go to a huge hospital or a big something. All of a sudden, it feels more important. But imagine, like, imagine if you went to a building the size of a hospital yeah. that was filled with gym, naturopaths, chiros, um, personal orders. trainers, massage therapists. I mean, you look at some of the, you look at some of the most beautiful spas, yeah. like wellness spas. Yeah, I was looking at a book yesterday, and I was like, I'm, I really should have just bought it. It was so beautiful. I was like, <laughs> it just oozed wellness. Yeah. I was just thinking, there's never really going to be a shortage of spas because so many people are so stressed. Yeah, They need to go to the opposite end. But that really is like the hospital for wellness, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Where you've got just a beautiful environment, not a cold... Uh, what's what I'm looking clinical. for? Clinical, yeah. um, no feeling yeah. place. That doesn't sterile. sterile. It doesn't mm. create like a modicum of wellness. Uh-huh. You go to inspiring
2: Sorry, smiley faces there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Except on a sticker if you behave yourself. That's right. Sad faces. Yeah. Yeah. Um, sad emojis. <laughs> <laughs> uh, someone said they were addicted to emojis the other day. There's uh, another addiction. That doesn't so, surprise me. Um, but if if that was more common, like if it was more prevalent, I mean even just looking out of the window here on the 14th (laughs) level of the Pullman, there's nothing out there that for me is oozing wellness. It's all very clinical. And so if we're going to age well and we're going to age with grace, how do we buck the trend more by escaping or removing ourselves out of that more clinical mainstream way of doing things and going the other side?
2: You've kind of got to take the step and the stance, I think, MP, of saying I'm going to do things differently. Because if you're doing the same old, same old, same thing day in and day out, but expecting a different result, then, I mean, some people say that's insanity, but I'll just say that that's a little bit foolish, thinking mm. that it's going to be a different result for you if you're doing the same thing that got everyone else into the into the spot you don't want to be in. Yeah, you know, thinking is going to be different for you because at some point we're no longer using our genetic makeup. You know, beyond twenty something years old, we're now not using, um, you know, our youthful potential. We're now kicking into our genetics, and and we're going to start to role play the life that's uh, been designed for us if we choose to go down that route. If we choose a a toxic, poisonous environment, which would be. Bad stuff going into your mind, bad stuff going in through your eyes, bad stuff going in through your skin, bad stuff going in through your mouth, all the different foods coming into your body, all those sorts of things, if they're inappropriate or not right, um, our body can't move down a healthful pathway so that we can live wellness. And well, the reason why I thought we should talk about this today, MP, was that almost continuously chiropractic comes under fire for being non-scientific, quackery, um, anti, you know, medicine or whatever else, and I just thought that, you know, there's other industries out there that similar to chiropractic also get it. So naturopathy gets it, homeopathy gets it, uh, midwives get it. Uh, and, and the nurses are now copying it at the moment because,
1: mid-wives. <laughs> I believe midwives <laughs> can you believe it well nurses are going to get at the moment because
2: yeah. nurses are being told that they're not trained enough to run you know nurse consultations and you know they're starting to take business away from that mainstream medical sort of yeah. you know who's your mate doctor sort of thing um, and they're taking healthcare in, or, sorry disease care into another, another area and so people are now being tied with the brush of quackery and we and the whole definition of quackery. Um, originally, remember, it came from um, the, the people that actually used the mad hatters, right? They used mercury on the hats, right? And so they were, oh, they were deemed to be that's quacks, like
1: the actual...
2: mad as a hatter. They were, you know, deemed as, as quacks because they used mercury to cure the common cold, and so they'd use. Mercury based drugs and vapors to cure the cold and if you survived the cold or the flu or what maybe there's was a plague or something, if you survived the mercury <gasps> Oh my god you're gonna survive that anyway, you know what I oh mean? So and that was where the term quack came from. And so you'd go to the quack to go get some stuff and that was the doctor the GP used to be known as the quack these days because they say that because pharmaceutical medicine does all of the research into the drugs and they say that it works, that that's all the research that actually exists. And they say, that well, there's no research into whether homeopathy works, or there's no research into whether chiropractic works or no research into whether osteopathy works or no research into whether or not nutrition is beneficial for the treatment of disease and all these sorts of things or prevention of disease. All they're really looking at is the drug-based research, they're not looking at all the other research or all the other evidence that has been around for millennia. Look at the Chinese medicine, you know, yeah. a bundle of research and evidence that's been around for over 2,000 years they've been doing, you know, Chinese medicine and herbs and acupuncture. And, you know, that's volumes. Mainstream medicine has been around for less than 200 years. And uh, and they're saying that nothing else has been researched. but. You know, yeah, yeah. so it gets, gets, gets my goat a little bit, I think, MP. And I think we, it's it's time that people start to realise that just because it's not considered to be mainstream doesn't mean that it's quackery. In fact, in many cases, just because it's mainstream, it's possibly better for you and certainly more within a health paradigm than in a disease paradigm.
1: Well, I think as, as much as this is really the uncool uh, way of looking at research these days. I still, still, still maintain that the proof is always in the pudding. Yeah. If you get a bunch of people that are, again, aging gracefully, and you get a bunch of people that aren't aging gracefully, I can, I can say without any shadow of a doubt that the people that are aging gracefully, they are the exceptions to the rule. Whether it's in healthcare, whether it's in um, what they do socially, whether it's in their careers, their families. It's quite easy these days to paint a picture of what it takes to age gracefully. We've said it so many times before on the podcast. And if you look at the people that are making just, as as we've said, I think we've attributed this to Cindy O'Meara in the past, if you do what those statistics, those statistics that Damien and I shared earlier, if you want to be one of those statistics, you just simply have to go along doing what everyone else is doing. That's it. Follow the leader. Follow the leader. Yep. Um, but if you do want to be the exception to the rule. I like what you said earlier, Damo. It really does comes down to a decision. It's a decision to stand out from the crowd. Yeah. You don't have to do it loudly. I know when I made the decision, I did it loudly. You were pretty loud, weren't It wasn't. It wasn't uh, was I it a vegan thing? No, it was just the everything thing, really. No, yeah, well, probably the, when I turned vegan, that was a bit too loud, I yeah. think. Like, I was happy being vegan, but I was too loud telling everyone else.
2: People get a bit scared, don't they? This scared. is not
1: fun. It's
2: not fun. I get a bit excited as a chiropractor. The other day, I got so excited with a practice member. I'm not sure if I told you about this before. I had a new patient come in, a new practice member come in, and I was so excited that I was going to be able to help her out. I was like, oh, you got to do this, you got to do that, got to do this, got to do that. It's oh. awesome. It's going to be so good. I, and I could see that everything I suggested would help her, but it was too much TMI, too much yeah. information. <laughs> she ran, ran for the hills, never came back yeah. because I gave her too much. And so often we get criticized for not giving you enough information but if we give you too much information, it's too much yeah. information. So, little bits of information at the right time appears to be more appropriate. And so, I'm suggesting to the listeners that it would be good for them to just step, take a step, go. Okay, I'm going to try one of these things, because what I'm trying to do is make myself better, my body healthier and more well, and live part of that paradigm. So I might give chiropractic a go, or I might give, I might call a naturopath,
1: yeah.
2: or maybe it's time to do some exercise. Yeah. You know, just. Take a step and and do it a little bit different.
1: That's really cool. I think that's really, I think, Damo, there's a lot of wisdom. And I know we've all heard it before, but you're spot on. I think the decision is the most important thing. That it's not a, it's not a, um, not bad. It's not a, you're not just doing it, it's not a quick fix decision. Yes, not You're actually making a decision that your life is going to go down a different path. But then, as Damo suggests, it's what is the first small step? Yeah. You know? Rather than it having to be a whole big deal, what's the first small step? And then go from there because, again, I mean, it's a bit easier. I look at you, Damo. You're an absolute model of health, dressed in a pink shirt, looking awesome. (laughs) You you look sensational. But the thing is, Damo, and I know you tell this a lot, it hasn't always been that way. No. Like you haven't felt a million bucks your whole entire life. No, You've had to work on it, but you've worked on it one small step at a time. Yeah. Like Brett
2: says, Brett Hill. Wellness guys, that paleo show he talks about, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time, right? So, same deal. It's all you go find what's next, and you know probably the biggest thing for me, Marcus has been consistent exercise. Like it's a tough thing for me to fit into my lifestyle because I've never really made it part of my lifestyle. We've made it part of Jackson's lifestyle that he does consistent, regular exercise, and uh, and I haven't actually done that and adopted that into my lifestyle until recently where I'm going, okay, I've got to do something every day, just something every day. And I think a lot of listeners will be experiencing the same thing. Yeah. How about you? What do you... That's
1: definitely the big one. Yeah. That's what LT and I did, talked about that on Inside the Champion's Mind recently. Yeah. That seems to be, um, for most people, unless they're a real gym junkie or they're just an exercise, they just love exercise, most people that seem to be able to eat really well regularly. But they struggle to have the same devotion yeah. to exercise. Yeah, it's true. I still maintain that it, it the the no-lose situation is first thing in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. It's just... Because oh, it's, it's done, just, isn't it? It's just done. It's done. Yeah. yeah. See, oh, yeah,
2: first thing in the morning.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. I just think because they're productive hours where there's no one else around, Yeah, I tend to get a whole lot of other things done. But you're probably right. I do need to you know, do but it. that. Well, no, I'm not saying
1: for you. Oh, well, you are. It's just you are no well you just said it though you said productive hours yeah it's true so some people exercise I just remember one guy said train anytime yeah so train whenever it works it doesn't matter Sean Croxton might have been could have been Mr. Underground Wellness could have been Sean Croxton but I think um, whatever it is whatever that step is just take it and it doesn't have to be a big one doesn't have to be a big one, Damo. In the Flesh podcast, I love them. How good's this? It's a bit different now that we live uh, a couple of states away from each other. I oh, know. I oh, know. We live A-state. one state away. Yeah, but one state away. We're gathering in a. We're gathering in Queensland at the moment, so. <laughs> It's not bad. That's <laughs> no, great. Been good fun. Uh, Damo, Hey, if you love this episode, please subscribe to the rest of the One Hundred Not Out podcasts by going to iTunes or going to your podcast app and click subscribe. We'd love to have you at the Wellness Summit in August, August 16 and 17 for two days at Crown Melbourne. Tickets available at thewellnesssummit.com. Remember, if you've liked this episode, please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Check out thewellnesscouch.com where you can view the entire range of wellness podcasts available, including the number one show. The Wellness Guys. So until next week, continue to make the rest of your life the best of your
0: life. Hi, Lawrence Tammer from The Wellness Guys show and the Inside the Champion's Mind. The Wellness Summit returns to Melbourne in 2014 for not only one, but two days of powerhouse wellness with your favorite wellness couch host and Australian's wellness elite join us at crown melbourne on saturday august 16th and sunday august 17th for inspirational educational fun exciting sensational cocktail of wellness that promises to help you take your life to the next level regular tickets are 297 but for strictly limited time we have 150 seats available for just 247 hurry up because the first 150 tickets when we went on sale sold out in 48 hours so be quick join us at the two-day live event that will change your life forever